This is a presentation of Patterson Media. Amplify Canada is an initiative created by Patterson Media, designed to celebrate and elevate small businesses. It's the backbone of our economy. Thousands of small businesses, groups, family organizations, and individuals are showcased on Patterson Media radio stations from Winnipeg to Vancouver throughout the year. Every month, we go deeper and share the incredible journey of a few that have made an impact on their community. Some have flourished and others may need a little extra love and support. These are their stories. Welcome to Amplify Canada Season 2. In each episode, we highlight local musicians. This time, it's Marshall Potts from Kamloops, British Columbia. I'll introduce you to him at the end of the podcast. In this episode, we explore giving back and businesses with a purpose. Mamas for Mamas hits all of those. It is helping families in crisis, any different various financial crisis or emotional crisis as well. That's Jen Marple owner of the Modern Family Boutique in Kamloops, British Columbia. Jen will share her story about how her business flourished in the wake of helping others. Corporations and businesses, big and small, step up and contribute to the well-being and wellness of their communities that they serve. Mary Barrel, president of Charity Village, will connect us throughout the podcast with her perspective on the importance of charities and nonprofits within our communities. We were open 24 hours a day and became a center where people could just come in and get warmth. And we truly did save a number of lives. Streets Alive Mission in Lethbridge, Alberta is making a huge impact on their community. And director Jennifer Lepko will walk us through the incredible difference they've made. We would just hide it all over Prince George so that everyone had a chance to find stuff. Blissful Bubble Boutique owner Corey Scott loves to give back to the community and even honors a celebrity every year in support of animals in need in Prince George, Alberta. Hi there, I'm Linda Freeman, your host for Amplify Canada. Do you ever wonder what your purpose is? Do you think, am I doing enough? What really matters to me? Now think for a moment about the businesses you shop at or the brands you support. Time Magazine published an article around a groundbreaking global study from Zeno Group that analyzed the business value of brands having a well-understood purpose. The findings were quite telling. Consumers are four to six times more likely to buy from, trust, champion, and defend companies with a strong purpose. More than 8,000 individuals across eight markets, Canada included, were surveyed and asked to rate more than 75 brands on their perceived strength of purpose. This is the first research report that directly links the strength of a company's purpose with a consumer's likelihood to act favorably towards the company. Globally, 94% of consumers said it is important that the companies they engage with have a strong purpose. And now this is where it gets interesting. While the majority of consumers agree companies should have a strong purpose and proved they reward those who do, 63% of consumers do not believe companies today have a clear and strong purpose. One key way for companies to show they care is by giving back. 
That shows purpose. Now, this country is built on small businesses. Let's listen to the stories of the incredible Canadian small businesses that give back and create purpose. Let's start our journey in the beauty of Kamloops, British Columbia, a prime location for hiking, mountain biking, strolling, or grape growing. It's also a place where community comes together and local businesses care. Founded in 2009, the Modern Family Boutique was born to fill two needs, children's consignment clothing and cloth diapers. Over the past 10 years, the store has evolved to a space where new and experienced parents feel comfortable asking questions and learning as their children grow. Jen Marple is the owner. And Jen, not only is this an amazing space for those navigating parenthood, which is already a huge help, but you also give back. And what an amazing community you've built helping parents. And that's where I want to start with that support that you give others in the community through your lounge space. For sure. A huge portion of our store used to be called the Learning Lounge. We brought in different speakers. We had a sleep consultant come in every so often. We had a counselor that talked about postpartum and all those different emotions that can come along with starting a new family. With the advent of COVID, that room became obsolete and unusable for us. So we did make the decision to close it down as a learning lounge. But 2019 was the year that we did win Small Business of the Year from our chamber. And a lot of why we won that was not because we're just a cool retail store. It was because we had that community involvement and those community programs that really reached out to new families, new moms, young children. Well, the pandemic was such a time of change. And it'll take time for everything to kind of fall back into place or, well, even find a new place. Do you think you'll find a way to bring back the Learning Lounge? It's so hard to say definitively for sure. At this point, because our business has seen so much growth on its own, we can't give up that space anymore. (laughs) We need that space for our retail. Ideally, there would come some sort of Not necessarily reinvention of how we run the Learning Lounge, but it would be nice to see something like that happen again. People don't know how to reach out or who to reach out to. It's a judgment-free space where it's all of these women and parents who are in the same predicaments or in the same experiences at the same time. So yeah, ideally, the five-year plan, I guess, would be to bring that back into fruition somehow. But you did look for a way to give back and connected with an organization called Mamas for Mamas. It started in Kamloops and has, I think, 54 chapters now across Canada. What an amazing group this is. I read how one mama had the idea that all mamas are just trying to keep their children safe, fed, and happy. (laughs) And that they should be helping one another, supporting each other. So creating Mamas for Mamas was out of a desire to build empathy and compassion, share stories, support one another, even share clothing and other items. What a great concept that is. So how did you get connected with them, Jen? So we were actually approached by Mamas for Mamas. And I knew about the organization already, but I hadn't really given too much thought about being involved with them. So Mamas for Mamas is helping families in crisis, any different various financial crisis or emotional crisis as well. So 
moving from being able to provide that rate in our store with these various programs to knowing that we're supporting a cause that is in line with what we want to do as well was kind of a no-brainer. So how are you helping? So currently we are doing the Roundup program. At the end of every transaction, we ask the customer if they want to round up their purchase. So if it's $13.50, it just goes to $14. People are always surprised at how much money actually goes towards them with just rounding up a 50-cent purchase. And if there's 20 or 40 of those a day, then it can make a really big impact. What a great program to implement. Let's talk a bit about the pandemic. We all seem to be moving forward, well, pretty well. But did you and are you still feeling the effects of the pandemic? I feel very, very fortunate. The pandemic actually did not hurt our business. You know, we're a small enough city that you really do grow those connections with your customers, especially because it's such a pivotal point in their lives. People are always having babies. So that kind of kept us going. There's always a baby shower, you know, a new mom to celebrate. We already had e-commerce set up as well. So when we shut down in March, it was like a straight pivot from being open and having customers in the store to being closed but available online. And we offered local delivery three days a week. I had to lay off staff originally and then within a few weeks had to bring most of them back to help me with the deliveries and the order pack. And so I've always been very vocal about my gratitude to our customers for keeping us going throughout the pandemic. Companies supporting the community that have a purpose. Now that's very important to consumers, but you also support other businesses. We have always tried to support locally made, BC made, Canadian made products as much as possible. So a lot of the skincare is all natural, made here in Kamloops by say Delish Naturals or made down in the lower mainland by K-Pure So Luxuries. We definitely try to not just support one sleep consultant or one newborn photographer. So we do, in our back room, allow for people to put up posters on a bulletin board and to have their business cards there as well. So supporting local members of the community. And so having different options and different suggestions is kind of would be the ideal situation. I love that you took your life experience and made it a passion to support and help others. Absolutely. A lot of my history with the store prior to owning it was exactly that. You know, I had just moved to Kamloops before we got pregnant and I didn't know very many people and it was kind of harder to get into those social circles apart from, you know, doing the prenatal class. And so Lizzie's baby company previously named was kind of my go-to once I had my baby. My husband worked out of town for two weeks at a time. I was at home in Kamloops with my daughter for two weeks at a time. I'd go to Lizzie's like every other day. And it was exactly that. It was that sense of community. They got to know me by my first name. They would hold my baby when I was trying something on. I could talk to them about how she wasn't sleeping or it was hard nursing her or whatever and just these amazing women that just were there and that's always been our philosophy too when I train my staff listen to your customer find out from them through a genuine conversation what's going on in their lives and maybe there is something that can help teething oil teething necklaces you know a sleep sack for a baby that's not sleeping well a baby carrier for a baby that never wants to be put down how can we genuinely solve their problem and make this 
travel down Parenthood Road a little bit easier for everybody. So you're like the Kamloops real life mom Facebook group. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Jen. What a beautiful story and purpose you have. Finding ways as a business to support the community often leads companies to connect with specific charities. Mary Barrell is the president of Charity Village, Canada's largest online job portal and career resource for charities and nonprofits in this country. Welcome, Mary. Now let's start with the important role this sector plays in business. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the Canadian charity and nonprofit sectors are a huge part of the Canadian economy and have a huge impact on the lives of Canadians. The gross domestic product of nonprofit institutions in Canada in 2020 was $185.8 billion, which represents 9% of Canada's total GDP. So with the registered charity sector, which is approximately 86,000 organization, the registered charity sector alone is bigger than some of the largest industries from real estate to manufacturing, mining, finance, and insurance and construction. So it has a massive impact. And with 80 to 100,000 nonprofits that are not registered charities, so these are like grassroots community groups and church synagogue associations and you know, and we have almost no information on the size and scope of that particular sector when they're not registered charities. So you see that the impact on Canadian society and community is really, truly enormous. There's so many ways that you can give back, just dropping off something to the local Goodwill store or even helping out at your local community food bank. COVID-19 has put marathons on hold, along with bike races, gala fundraisers, and other events that make money for charitable health organizations. Some events have moved online. Have you seen the support of charities improve over the last few years? I know we're working to come on the other side of the pandemic, but especially looking at the couple of years of the pandemic, were corporations still giving back? Well, it was really interesting. You know, immediately after the pandemic began, we saw among Canadians a surge in the desire of those who could help to give as a response to the crisis. And many corporations, both big and small, really did step up and became quite innovative and flexible in looking for new ways to support charities that were greatly in need of support, especially during a time when all of their traditional ways of fundraising had dried up, you know, in-person galas, fundraising runs and golf tournaments and all those other events, they were shut down during the pandemic restrictions. So it was really a double whammy because although it was widely recognized that the demand for services of the charities and nonprofits increased significantly, their usual fundraising strategies were impossible to execute. So it did cause some funding to really dry up pretty dramatically. But very quickly, there was some major innovations in fundraising by nonprofits that embraced technology and becoming more digital in their fundraising strategies. So organizations launched crowdfunding campaigns and online fundraising strategies that were increasingly adopted by the sector among organizations that big and small. Welcome everyone to the virtual finish line event. And much of corporate Canada really stepped up with matching donation funds, employee giving programs. They did a lot of sponsorship of some of these online fundraising and corporate social responsibility programs and initiatives. So we really did see a real response from corporate Canada as well as Canadians at large. Unfortunately, as time went on, when we saw the pandemic continue, 
there's a report that's put out by Canada Helps, which is a very influential one. It's called the 2022 version of the giving report. There's since been really declining growth in Canadian giving since 2021 from some of the residual and ongoing effects of the pandemic, inflationary pressures, fears of a possible recession, and they really predict a further decline in 2023. And while I don't have the figures for corporate giving specifically, there are fears that many of the same pressures will impact the funds that can be raised from businesses in their charitable giving activities. That's why I'm always just blown away as we've been doing this podcast, Amplify Canada, and talking to the small businesses in this country small but mighty in so many of our communities that give back constantly. They gave back throughout the pandemic. They're still giving back now. Yeah, there's no question. And corporate Canada, not just the big players, but also small businesses have always been an important part of the nonprofit organization's fundraising strategies. I mean, it's really a pillar of some of their fundraising that they have to do on an ongoing basis. And that support can come in many different kinds of forms from financial donations, sometimes in-kind event contributions for raffles and silent auctions, and then much more sophisticated sponsorship relationships and shorter-term partnerships between a company that may range from a small business that donates part of a profit to a charity for being a title sponsor to a fundraising event in exchange for some goodwill and reputational value for the company. And in larger companies, in more sophisticated sort of long-term relationships that integrate into the company's corporate social responsibility initiatives, where they may be utilizing their corporate social responsibility programs as part of an integrated employee engagement program, where they're trying to connect on an emotional level with their employees by connecting with a charity that aligns with the values that they have as a corporation, but also that their employees have told them are meaningful to them. So there are many ways in which businesses have become part of the DNA of the way that nonprofits and charities are able to continue to successfully operate and help communities. Mary, we'll come back to you to talk about how consumers, especially younger generations, expect businesses to support community, to have that purpose. Bath bombs have exploded in popularity over the last number of years. I wonder if it's because people took more baths during the pandemic. Uh, food for thought. So off to Prince George, BC. Did you know that they once had the most millionaires per capita in the country? I thought that was pretty cool. Over the years, Prince George has become an accepting community filled with small businesses that have a purpose and give back to help or bring joy to the community. Blissful Bubbles Boutique is one of them. It's a locally made bath bomb company. Corey Scott is one of the co-owners of this amazing business. And Corey, when you and your business partner, Kim, aren't making all of your own products like bath bombs, you are giving back to the community. And I hear you have an Easter scavenger hunt. Oh, this is a fun one. Here comes Peter Cottontail, hopping down the bunny trail. It doesn't cost anyone anything to do it. I hate the fact when you have kids, Everything costs money. You want to do fun stuff with your kids, but holy man, it gets expensive. It seems to be the more fun stuff you do, the more money you're paying. 
when we started out, I don't even remember how many years ago it was, maybe five years ago or so. We usually did it a little bit after Easter when we had all of our leftover Easter stock and we would just hide it all over Prince George so that everyone, whether they could drive, whether they took city buses, whether they walked everywhere, every location, they had a chance to find stuff. So it was really just to do something fun without it costing anybody anything, which does not happen often enough, I don't think. What an incredible gesture, inviting the entire community to get out and have fun. And then each year, you donate to one or two charities. We did two animal rescues. So we did the Prince George Humane Society and Love's Northern Animal Rescue. So we did a silent auction in our front windows for those. And it was amazing because there was a lot of other small businesses that donated items to be auctioned off. And that was completely selfless. They had no reason to do it. They just wanted to help. We're definitely animal people. Most of the time we like animals more than people. So (laughs) we always love donating. And then on Betty White's birthday, we started last year. We donate all the sales to the Prince George Animal Rescue. We've done it two years in a row now. I love Betty White. And what a great idea to honor Betty White's lifelong passion as a champion for animals. She loved animals so much, right? And she was such an awesome person and tried to support causes and everything she could. And she had the same crass sense of humor that Kim and I both have, so that helps too. (laughs) Oh, I like to play with animals mostly. And uh, vodka's kind of a hobby. And how was the Prince George community through the pandemic? I mean, you've given back so much to this community over the years. I don't know if it was everywhere, but oh my goodness, the towns rallied around small businesses. We never had to worry about closing down or anything like that. People just decided to order online and we delivered. When we did close down, yeah, we just did deliveries. And when that whole year of like the wine ninja thing started, we started doing it with our products too. So we could get out and make someone's day. It's nice to find something other than bills on your doorstep or in your mailbox, right? So <laughs> so you bath bombed people? We added some other stuff in, some snacks and things like that. And we just picked random places or random houses to drop these off at. It's nice to be surprised. <laughs> I love that you're having fun and you're helping others have fun. Let's talk a bit about being in business with your best friend. Like, don't they say to not go into business with a friend? It may not end well. Yeah, and that's totally possible. I think the fact that we just, you know, we're honest. If we don't like something or we don't think that's a good idea, just say it. You're not going to like the end result if you don't think it's a good idea generally anyway. So why not save the time and just be honest with each other or come back with a better idea than the other person had. And (laughs) it seems to work out for us. We've been talking to businesses for over a year now, and what amazes me is that small businesses are giving more to the community and doing more amazing things, donations, helping families in need, fundraisers, giving back in so many ways, showing a real purpose in communities across the country. That's why we need to invest in our local shops, because they're part of the community. You help the community grow. So thank you. Yeah, I totally agree with that. A lot of the times the big ones, they if they can give a large sum of money at once, they always get more recognition. And because we can't, I feel that sometimes we get less recognition just because, you know, it isn't $10,000 a time. We wouldn't be able to survive that. So unfortunately, it's not going to happen. I wish we could, but that's a lot of bath bombs. So <laughs> Yeah, it sure is. 
but giving happens with way more than just dollars, Corey. I've seen and heard so many amazing stories that have given me faith in humanity. Thank you, Corey. Swinging back around to the charity and nonprofit sector, we return to our conversation with Mary Barrell, president of Charity Village. Now, Mary, we know how important it is to give back, and I mentioned off the top of the podcast, the Times Magazine article that stated a recent survey revealed 94% of consumers said it's important that the companies they engage with have a strong purpose. It also stated that younger generations are really leading the charge here. 92% of Gen Zs and 90% of millennial respondents said they would act in support of a purposeful brand. There's no question. We see that a lot, certainly in terms of giving, but also the manner in which young people choose to give because it also relates to how they want to spend their dollars. And it's a super interesting question because consumers, and particularly the young consumers, are looking for companies that are engaged in social impact and purpose. It really makes good business for companies to align themselves with a cause by working with and supporting charities and nonprofits, not just for their reputational value, but also to engage meaningfully with the consumers who are even more sensitized to the critical needs of our communities that were exposed so dramatically during the pandemic. And then with the global events that have continued to emerge in the wake of the pandemic from social injustice to earthquakes and war, I mean, it just goes on and on. And we know uh, from a lot of research that has been done Certainly it began with the millennials, but even with Gen Z in particular, it's even stronger that young people are increasingly looking for ways to make sure that their spending dollar has impact and that the way that they're living their lives and they're choosing which companies to bring their business to are aligned with their own values. And they're much more sensitive to looking beyond the corporate brand to see what a company will stand for. So this behavior of corporate Canada in engaging with ways to give back to the community really truly is much bigger than simply a strategy for getting tax deductions and philanthropic sort of perspective, but it also makes a lot of business sense as well. It does. And I think you answered it right there and just that overall importance of businesses to give back to community. Do you think then that the more push that consumers and especially the younger buyers and the younger shoppers out there do, the more we're going to see a response from the corporate community to support the initiatives that we care about as consumers. Yeah, I think so. And I think actually it's the young consumers that are leading the way, to be honest. It's also quite interesting to see how they're choosing which companies to work for. It's not just important for a company to think about who their customers are and how they can continue to attract the customer of the future, but also you know, who they want to recruit as talent to work in their companies. I'm president of Charity Village. We're an online job board and career resource. And so we're constantly looking at the ways in which the workforce is impacted in the nonprofit sector, but also the behavior of both employers as well as job seekers. And increasingly, young people are looking for opportunities to work with a company where they feel that the values of the company are aligned with their own and where they're getting more than just a paycheck, but you know, a paycheck with purpose. So these kinds of relationships that corporations can have with the nonprofit sector are very meaningful, not just in terms of making sure that you can continue to grow your customer base, but also to grow your talent and your reputation and brand. So I do think that they're becoming even more increasingly 
powerful tool and an important strategy for corporations to continue to grow and develop their reputation and their brand within the communities that they serve and to develop meaningful relationships with both their consumers as well as their employees. Mary, I'll come back to you to talk about how important all of this is moving forward. Let's fly into Lethbridge, in the southeast corner of Alberta. It's home to a nonprofit organization called Streets Alive Mission. This story is the story of so many communities across the country, organizations that live and breathe to make a difference and make their communities better. Jennifer Lepko is one of the directors of Streets Alive Mission. Welcome. Well, we're absolutely thrilled. Jennifer, I know you're passionate about what your organization does, so I'd love for you to introduce what the mission is all about. Streets Alive is an amazing local business, a nonprofit business in Lethbridge, Alberta, that is really a mom and pop shop. So it really started in the hearts of three amazing women who wanted to reach out to individuals who are on the street and connect them through church and feed them. So that was in 1989. Within a few years, they realized that the need was much greater. And so Ken and Julie Kissick really became the true founders of the Streets Alive mission. They got their first location in the downtown Lethbridge area. It became a place where people could come and actually have the opportunity to be with each other, hear the gospel, be fed and be part of a community and they were accepted for who they were. So over the years things have just significantly changed. There's been different needs. Our communities have changed. Our cities have grown. We now are an exceptionally large organization and doing a number of things that really impact those who are struggling in our community. When I read about Streets Alive, I was so inspired. I mean, it started with a saleswoman, a summer city employee, and a pastor's wife. They all had a mission to help people, to feed them, to shelter them. And then years later, this idea has grown into a substantial organization with so many layers. Really, the vision of Streets Live Mission is to bring hope. When people have hope, they have a place to go. They have meaning, they have value, there's something out there. And so we really want to provide services to what the needs are from get-go and everywhere in between. We have a trusteeship program, so we help them manage their money, whether they're individuals who are homeless or perhaps who have a home and just need some assistance in managing their income. We're there for them. So again, that's for anyone. We have the pin bank, so the people in need bank. Ultimately, it's where they individuals can come and get a clean set of clothes. So this one is more designed for the individuals who are living on the streets, who don't have a closet. We're kind of their closet. They're able to come in and get a change of clothes, clean underwear. That's something that we really take for granted as individuals on this planet is, is having a pair of clean underwear. And so that's something that we always provide. Clean, warm sock, again, that change of clothing. The pin bank is one of those 
programs that we classify as our restoration of dignity. We also have a hair salon that we just started last year. It's called Care Cuts. And you're really just providing people with basic needs, like giving them a place to feel cared for and respected. We can all use that. And it just helps them feel better. So not only are they getting a nice haircut, but they're getting some connection with the individual. We have amazing volunteer hairstylists who come in and actually talk to them and touch them. There's a big piece that's missing in their lives is that human contact and that human touch and feeling worthy of having contact from individuals. As well as that, we have the Foot Friday where we have a number of volunteer nurses who come in every week and they really provide foot care for our clients. So individuals who are living on the streets, obviously they don't have the ability to wash their feet as frequently. So trench foot is a real thing and our nurses are able to check them out, make sure that their feet are good and they're able to continue because foot care is a very important aspect of total health. So we're helping impact our healthcare system too by ensuring that they have good health through their feet. We also actually have a bit of a partnership with Alberta Health Services where we have nurses come in and do a bit of a nursing clinic. Two to three times a week, they come in and they're able to do some basic wound care, some of those basic first aid things and do some prescriptions like for antibiotics and help with some of those referrals for those increased needs as well. Hi. Hi, how are you? want to give you this. And then you also hit the streets with an outreach team. They do wellness checks. They take food. They take naps. They take first aid kits to do that basic wound care. They'll give rides to the hospital. They'll connect them with applications for detox or treatment. They talk to them. They connect with them. They make them feel valued. One of the things that we struggle with here in Lethbridge is a location for the number of people that we actually have living on the streets. So we have approximately 230 people who are truly living on the streets day to day. Our shelter that's currently has a space for approximately 130, so therefore there's 100 that aren't able to find shelter. So in collaboration with the City of Lethbridge, Streets Alive agreed to become part of a warming centre. And having those centres during those extreme cold periods, providing that warmth and shelter, I mean, it's saving lives. We were open 24 hours a day and became a centre where people could just come in and get warmth. Again, get the coffee, the snack, the connection, but warm up so that they weren't freezing to death. And we truly did save a number of lives. That's incredible. And not only that, you have a repurposed donation centre, which is something everyone from the community can support. Our community drops off donations and we help get it to the people in need. Whether it's just a family that is struggling day to day or month to month with their paychecks, they can come in and access getting a couch, they can get a new stove, they can get food. We have a food bank for individuals that they may not qualify for our traditional food banks or they've run out after they've utilized those food banks and they can come and just kind of get some supplementary stuff to help make them through. We don't want anyone to be hungry. Jennifer, what's the outcome that you'd like to see for the mission? We really hope to find those people that are seeking hope and bring them hope by getting them off of the streets into our recovery programming and really rebuilding some of those life skills that for some individuals on the streets, it's generational homelessness. For some individuals, they don't feel worthy. So it's really about setting up those building blocks to really 
get them to where they need to be, where they can be contributing members of society instead of feeling worthless and hiding in the back alleys. So with our recovery programs, we have clinical counseling. We have a number of different types of programming boundaries courses, a workplace readiness program where we actually hire a good number of our program individuals right into Streets Alive Mission. So they will work in the pin bank, they will work at the warehouse in a variety of levels, and that builds their resumes, builds some of those employability skills that they can take on. And it's really start to finish any kind of need that is there, we'll figure out a way to make it happen. We utilize other resources all through Southern Alberta and beyond, where this individual, what might fit for that individual, we recognize that it is about the individual and how do we help that individual heal and move forward in their life as opposed to giving them a bottled kind of treatment plan. I'm sure you could write a book on all the lives you've changed, all the people that you've helped. What an impact this giving back to others has had in a community is stronger because of it. But it truly is our community that is helping our community. We have a number of businesses that donate monthly, which is huge for cash flow issues. We put the money back to the people. We have so many amazing people in, in this community and even beyond that see what we're doing and are providing the support for the people. It really is about doing work as a community. Streets Alive is about community. It's about how do we support the businesses in our area and how do we support the people in need. We want to partner with people. We don't want to be the charity that walks around with our hands out for money. It's about partnering with people and businesses to, again, support our community, support our local communities within walking distance and beyond. Like just really about working together because it really is about community. And when our community works together, we can do some amazing, amazing things. And we've seen that year over year at Streets Live. Thank you, Jennifer. Just so inspiring. So Mary, back to you. You're president of Charity Village, and I know you think of the future. So can we go there? Just how important is giving back, having that purpose as a small or large business going to continue to be? I just want to emphasize that I not only think that it's good for all of us that corporations and businesses, big and small, step up and contribute to the well-being and wellness of their communities that they serve, but also that it just makes good business sense. It's critical to their future success and growth that they're able to connect with the increasing number of young people who are going to run our economy and who have chosen to align their spending and their choices of where they want to work with what their values are and their sorts of causes that they feel most passionate about. So I just think it's good business and it also is significant by actually making a difference in Canadian society and the world at large and showing that a company can be more than just the bottom line. The younger people coming into these companies now are actually demanding this, right? They want to see these changes. They want to see really good alignment and they want to be socially responsible. There's no question. I mean, we do surveys every year with young talent to find out what it is that makes them attracted to an employer. And increasingly, for the last five years, one of the main priorities for them in all of the results that we get back from Canadian students and recent graduates and early career professionals is how much their employer actually is connected to the community and gives back. 
Corporate social responsibility initiatives are extremely meaningful to them. They make the calculation that if this company cares about the community, it'll care about me. And so it develops a trust and a kind of deeper relationship by aligning the values of the company with the young employee in a way that makes them tend to want to stay and therefore increases the retention for the corporation and in fact become a much more sort of meaningful contributor to that company going forward. Fantastic. Mary, you've really added a great depth to this conversation. And it's so great to know that the up-and-coming generations care about what happens in our communities and want to hold businesses accountable, to see them giving back, having a purpose, over and above the products or services that they're selling. Through hard work, creativity, perseverance, and true dedication, giving back and purpose is at the core of Canadian businesses. Thank you, Jen. Corey, Jennifer, and Mary for your stories and insight. Now head out the door. There's an amazing business ready to give back and just waiting for you to explore. And thank you to all the people in our communities who nominated them for Amplify Canada. Each episode of Amplify Canada, we introduce a local musician whose song you've heard throughout the podcast. Now, Marshall Potts is a singer-songwriter from beautiful Kamloops, British Columbia, where Marshall lives on 160 acres, a space that gives him quite the inspiration. His music's about moving beyond your past, taking back your power and embracing the moment and living in the here and now. And that's a direct quote. His writing style crosses over to the Americana, country rock, and rock formats, and his powerful yet gentle vocals enables him to deliver a universal message of positivity and optimism. Marshall Potts, welcome. Yeah, hi, thanks for having me. Now, I had the opportunity to see you in person at an event to support men's mental health. You were incredible. Your lyrics really hit home. Like, how do you write like that? Well, here's my theory about my songwriting. I open myself up to God, the universe, and I receive a melody, and then I receive a lyric, and then I proceed from there. I could write very easily. It always had big meanings. Even when I was writing songs when I was young, I was writing about suffering, the suffering of the children and all of this stuff. And I'd wonder, that's when I knew I didn't write this stuff. I'm 18 years old. Where did this come from? Like, this stuff is just coming into me, right? And then that's when I early on understood, hey, I'm a part of this process, but I'm not the whole process. Now, the song we chose for this episode is called Change. What's the story there? The change, like other songs on the album, like The Fall in particular, it's, it's a call to action. I just wanted to share my experience of how I sort of changed myself and how I went through my own, what I call the spiritual journey, which led to the album in the first place. And this song in particular sort of just shares my feelings that you've got to get in touch with the scars, with the things that hurt you. Usually that's childhood stuff. And then it just builds on the childhood stuff. And we repeat negative patterns, all of that sort of thing. And for me, the change just talks a little bit about that, says it's okay to share these things. Marshall, thank you. You are a beautiful human. And on that, here's change. I look in the distance, I, I look to the stars. I give a resistance that God. Yes, she thought she scars. Cause when 
was Change by Marshall Potts. You can find him at marshallpotts.com. That's Potts with two T's. You can also find him on YouTube and Spotify. And for sure, check out A Performance Date. You've been listening to Amplify Canada, an initiative created by Pattison Media, designed to celebrate and elevate small businesses, the backbone of our communities. For more information on this program, go to pattisonmedia.com. This is a presentation of Pattison Media. Another Everything Podcast production. Visit everythingpodcast.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast.